Hello everyone, I am Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio, and joining me at this time, he's a very great supporter of local music and Super Cool Radio itself. He is the CEO and owner of Mid-American Entertainment. Please welcome Alan Helms. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course, man. Yeah, you helped me set up the uh, Rags and Riches interview, uh, it was in, like, September? I want to say it was September. Yeah. And you're a great supporter of local music, the music scene in general. And thank you so much for actually this first time actually talking. I know it's digitally, but first time actually talking. Yeah, I, uh, this is actually my only second interview ever. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad to be on here and uh, appreciate everything that you do for the music scene as well. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, just just love music and I love. Uh, Talking with people because everyone has a story. It's always it's always cool and unique for uh, every person. Right. Absolutely. So let's start with the fun question before we deep dive into everything. What is one album everyone should listen to in their lifetime? As far as local music, uh, any music, any any music. Um. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Shallow Side's new album, Saints and Sinners. Um, front to back, uh, probably one of the one of the best albums I've heard in the last 10 years. I'm going to check that out. I actually, they came to uh, the Smokestack in Mishawaka at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. wasn't able to see it, but I heard it was a killer show. Yeah, those guys are absolutely phenomenal when it comes to their stage presence. All around great guys, and they're actually from down here in Alabama as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, about, cool. about an hour from where I'm at right now. Oh, nice! Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check them out. I, I've heard some of their stuff. I, I mean, I really dig it. Just the the way they do it and the uh, the charisma they got going on in each song. Yeah, that Saints and Sinners album is is really pretty good. Um, wind's picking up here a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see it is. <laughs> so everything blowing around. It'll be hard. Yeah, it's. Uh, out, at least you could be outdoors. I can't be. I'll be buried in snow. Yeah, it's about 50 degrees out here, so it's pretty nice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it, it, it's about freezing right now here in Indiana, so I, I bet you don't miss that. No, not at all. I'm sure in the summertime, I wish it wasn't quite so hot. All right, so as I've said before, you're, you are a huge supporter of local music. How did you get started in the local music scene? Uh, well, it's kind of complicated, I guess. Uh, I, it really didn't start out to be that way. Uh, it started out to be, uh, I just started supporting shows. You know, I, I started going to, I always went to a lot of shows anyway. I've been to over 700 live shows that I haven't ran. And I've probably done two to 250 shows of my own. So, and then it kind of, the more I went to those shows and I saw the local bands that opened up. They always seemed to be the most personable, the easiest to talk to, you know, because they were really grinding. They are really trying to, you know, create from the base. So it kind of just started and blossomed from there. I just went from supporting shows to, and then as I went to more shows and met more people and learned more things, I started seeing a lot of gaps in what local bands do to nationals and trying to figure out a way to kind of help the scene. Yeah, I mean, supporting local music, it's super important because that is the, that's the future of music, you know, the opening bands. And, and as you said, they're like some of the nicest people I've ever, ever met, you know, the local and independent bands. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, you know, they, 
they are very absorbent. They listen, they learn, you know, they're, they're still trying to figure out the, you know, the, how to add everything together and make it all happen. And they do a really good job at trying to connect with people. That's for sure. Especially just, uh, I mean, and they always look very happy to be there. You know what I mean? Like they're always so, so happy and nice. It's, it's always really cool just to walk up and just start, you know, chatting to them. Yeah, I met so many great friends that like I've become really good friends with just by talking to them after the show, either like musicians or like producers or you know people just being at the show, just making friends at the show who went to the same concert as me. It's it's really cool. It's a really unique experience when you go to like either just like an all local show or like an independent show. It it's just there's it feels like a different atmosphere. It is, and that's probably one of the most important parts of the business. A lot of people don't realize is is the friendships and the relationships that you build along the way and how those connections can not only help you now, but I mean, they may, once those people progress and, and move up or change positions or roles in the industry, they'll remember you. That is a very good point. And it's just cool seeing, you know, people you become friends with, just seeing them climb the ladder higher and higher and, you know, become bigger and bigger. It's just, it, it makes me feel really good. Just, you know, knowing how they, you know, where they started out and where they are now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things I, I love about the local scene as well, because you do have an opportunity to see them grow and then to become better and, and just keep working harder and harder. And yeah, I mean, you get to feel like you're a part of it. That's right. And it really is. I mean, to, to back up a band, I mean, just it's free to put a post out. That's what I tell people. It's free to post about like a local band you like or an independent band you like. It's free to post. I mean, it doesn't charge you, know, doesn't charge you anything to put out some free promotion for them. No, not at all. Like I said, that's that's originally how I started. I, I went to so many shows and I mean, and, and not even just local shows, but I'm talking rock on the range and louder than life. And, you know, I was, that's that's kind of where I got my influence from was uh, one of my good friends who owns uh, Minuteman tickets over in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, they not only do they a ticket broker and they sell tickets, but for that event, they also would get they do a whole tailgate party out there and they also get luxury suites. So you got an option most people wouldn't even get. And I saw people living that American dream and doing something they love to do. And I wanted to, I wanted to at least try to make an effort to do that in my lifetime. And so how'd you get started in promoting in uh, shows and getting involved in the music uh, industry? Anything particular that got you started in that? Uh, well, I did it years ago, actually. Um, I helped uh, helped manage a band that was really popular in the Fort Wayne area. Um, well, not necessarily managed, but influenced, I guess. And then I got married. I had kids. I took about a 10 year break and it started to back up again in about 2016. So that was when I came back from Rock on the Range and decided that I wanted to get back and be more involved in the music. So actively talking to more people, like you said, you know, the, the production people, you know, sound lighting uh, people that work the stage and then relationships started to form and build and i uh, became friends with a lot of venue owners and a lot of bands from all over north america not even in the midwest so and then it just said hey you know i, I kind of want to you know i want to focus on not only teaching these people how to do it right but i also want to put shows together and give people the opportunity to to come play in, in my area yeah, teaching is very 
I think underrated aspect of the music industry is like telling people this is the proper way of doing things, this is the better way of doing things. And I think a lot of people either just miss that or just haven't been exposed to the proper ways of doing things. Oh, it's not really, there's no course or class you can take, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of people that kind of hold on to knowledge as power and they don't share things, but I'm, I'm a very team-oriented person. I believe that the more educated people can be and the more successful each band can be and the scene can be, then the stronger it will be. Yeah, very true. I mean, you, you build up people, I mean, definitely just working with you and you're just very, you're very open about just the, you know, the knowledge you have and how you do things. You're very transparent with stuff and I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I said I've, I've I've spread that knowledge quite a bit as much as I possibly can. Even met with uh, the new owners of the Rockstar Lounge, help uh, you know get some formalities set up and some kind of basic understanding of what to do. You know, actually contributed to the name change to what it is called today. Um, I helped the Fort Wayne Comedy Club get up and going, all their social media marketing, and uh, set up their sound. He actually went in and ran the board for about six months. So. Like I said, and I've, I've met with the new owners of Pierre's, you know, hooked them up with connections. They've got people in there now that are, you know, referrals from me. So, like I said, I'm always actively trying to help the scene get better. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, um, yeah, that's some of the best stuff. It's just building the scene for just gets better and better. And also just helping people out. I mean, not just bands. I know you work with, you know, different bands. You're trying to help bands. As you said, like venue owners, too, because the bands need a spot to play. Yeah, I actually worked with uh, Kevin and those guys at Bear Smoke Set Brew and, and got them in touch with their connection for putting National Axe through there. So it's not even just a local scene. Like I said, I, I work all over. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the helping out of the Smoke Set Brew because I mean, I love the concerts they've been putting on. And I know last year there have there's quite a few shows that they were supposed to put on. Unfortunately, obviously did not happen, but I hope they do get rescheduled. Like I really wanted to see the Lonely One show because I haven't seen them before, but I heard they're really good. Yeah, they're really good friends of mine, actually. I put them on a couple festivals. Um, and I know I was, I was really psyched to see them because I won free tickets anyway. Like, so like, I was already like really, really wanted to go. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna buy tickets and I won them. And I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Right. And then obviously it just, I heard it's supposed to be in March and I hope it happens. Yeah, I'm not sure. It looks like, a lot of stuff's getting pushed out to August, September. So we'll see. There's still a few going here and there. I'm sure Marty and those guys are itching to get out. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of uncertainty right now, especially with, with everything going on. And it just, it, yeah. Right. Well, at least uh, hopefully your free tickets are still good for whenever the show comes. I, I hope so. Larry, they better be good. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's a good guy. I'm sure he'll honor him. Yeah. But as we were talking about with shows and stuff, it kind of brings me to the current state of what's going on with the music industry and touring and stuff. I mean, last year, I know quite a few bands who didn't even get to tour last year. So, I mean, looking into 2021, what do you think they can do without being at a live show or without very limited live shows for this year? A lot of the national bands didn't get a tour, that's for sure. But honestly, I, I've still seen a lot of regional and touring bands that we know that we're still hitting shows and still grinding scenes that were open still touring so i'm sure 
they're looking forward to 2021 where they can double that or you know they got more options to help build their tours you know when things are start opening back up i mean that's that's the biggest hindrance right now is you know yeah you might be able to play a spot here and there but if you can't fill in in between it just doesn't make any sense so well hopefully yeah. like we get everything under control and everybody you know gets you know vaccine or get comfortable or whatever they decide to do and we can get back to some sense of normal because i don't believe this is going to be our new normal it's just only temporary i really like the way you put that i do know um for some of the shows you set up i, I think um it was temperature checks at the door and a mask uh, mandate right yeah yeah we went above and beyond all protocols to try to make sure like i said i, I one of the biggest things i always focused on was the quality of our shows making sure that every person that came through the door had the best experience possible, whether it was the person buying the tickets, the bands, the sound people, or even the venue owners, you know, I always try to make sure that everybody had a good experience and everybody felt like they, they got something from the show. Cause I believe that the experience is what makes the show. There's a lot of great bands out there, but the environment and the experience is what makes the show. That's a really cool aspect, I think, to focus on because I feel like, you know, some people kind of overlook it. It's for everybody, not just the people buying the tickets, but it's also for the, the crew, the production, the venue owner. The reason we put on shows is to have fun. Right. Yeah. And like I said, if, if anybody in that aspect isn't having fun or they have a bad experience and then, you know, I, I'm, I really try my best to make sure that those, those things don't happen at all because I want absolutely every single person to have a good experience. Yeah, that's a it's a great goal to have, and I know that you, you make good on you know the shows you set up. And if, if a show can't happen, I know you're very transparent with what is going on. Or if a band can't make it, you're very transparent with the uh, the situations. Yeah, we've only had that happen a, a couple of times. I'm I'm really adamant about making sure things don't cancel, especially whole shows. We did have a, an incident where we had a band that you know they went through a few different venues that were smoking venues having issues and had to pull out of the show that we were headlining but even at that they still stopped in and they dropped off a bunch of autograph stuff and cds and stuff for us to give away to the people there so um but yeah being dependable is an important part to me you know if somebody wants to buy tickets for a show and, and then can't you know then that creates unpredictability and i don't i don't want my customers or my bands or anybody that i book for services to not know if something's going to happen or not going to happen every time they work with me. Yeah, that's it, it's very good to be on point and to have things set up and uh, things in place so that people do have trust that this show will happen or I can trust this person to make it right. And I think you do a very good job with that. Okay. I try. Thank you. So, and I got some interesting, I know you know a lot of bands, so I'm kind of curious. So, for everyone watching and listening, what are some cool local independent bands that you know that people should check out? Well, obviously one of them is OLC. I don't know if you guys have heard them before. Uh, they're out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. They're amazing. Great group of guys. Uh, really energetic shows. It's always a surprise. It's never the same. Uh, it's kind of a punkish rock kind of. They go all over the place. They'll they're, they can switch instruments, they switch positions in the band, they'll pull out saxophones, I mean, you name it. And like I said, it's it's a really entertaining show. Those guys are great. Um, Normandy out of Indianapolis is probably one of my favorites. I discovered those guys probably three or four years ago and ran them on a tour out through uh, Wisconsin, through Chicago and back. Um, 
that one, those guys are really good too, uh, as far as you know, quality. They're one of their albums is still one of my favorite albums. They have, you know, uh, their most popular songs. They've got a two and a half minute intro into it. It's its own song. So that album's very up and down, uh, very good. Shoot, I mean, there's just so many. Uh, see this through from up there in your area. Those guys were good. Uh, yes, really they are. Yeah. Gravel Switch out of Kentucky. That's probably one of my favorites. I put them on a Battle of the Bands last well, 2019, and they took first place. And Rags and Riches took second place on that one. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, I was checking out, because like, you would send me, you would occasionally send me, like, hey, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm booking this person, you should check their music out. And it was always, you always, you always pick quality. You know, you have picked quality acts when you put shows together. Yeah, when you see the kind of volume of bands that I do, you know, it's not really hard to, to spot people that have got it. Not only necessarily the, the quality acts, but, you know, they got all their merchandise together. They've got all the people in place. You know, they're used to touring. You know, they, they're they really kind of stepping up their level, and you can see them. They're already moving through those levels. So I can definitely spot those bands, and most of them are really awesome to work with. You know, some of them, you know, they – they can be really flexible with the booking schedule or if they're just trying to fill a date. I mean, I, I probably meet a new band at least every week. I mean, it's really cool. It's, it's always awesome, at least for me, when I discover new music, especially, like, you know, just local and independent music too. Just, when you discover new music, it's always, I always find it a you know, fun experience and a fun time listening yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, I just out of, out of, Pure chance happened to meet that year, the Locusts out of New York. Um, those guys were a great group of guys. They were touring through Fort Wayne, and uh, they just needed a place to crash. So we ended up going to the show and watching the, the show there. And, and when they played the uh, what used to be called the Glory Hub, so they played there with the Zealots. The Zealots is a really, really great band. Uh, if you haven't heard them, you should check them out. But yeah, both those guys come and crash in the basement of our. In my uh, AR director's house, and that was it. You know that that bond was formed. So you know, every time they come back, or you know, any time that they're in the area, you know, they definitely let us know. I mean, it's just cool, as you said. You know, forming bonds with bands, either just hanging out with them or having them crash in their in basement or whatever. I mean, it, it's always cool, and you know, especially the bands that are like you know really flexible. It's really nice to me. I mean, there's always the bands I you know, gravitate towards. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like Scream at the Sky, you know, those, that band that we booked out of Texas. And, uh, you know, Brian's a really awesome guy. They were really friendly, really cool. Um, you know, of course, he had some national act experience in dead horse trauma, but, you know, it's, I mean, they don't forget you, you know. Even even when I'm moving down here, they're like, hey, you know, if you have anything available or, you know, like, dude, we'll come. <laughs> so... Yeah, once once you build that bond, it, it usually follows you. Yeah, and yeah, especially no matter where you go, there's always music venues. There's always places to play music, and bands are always looking for either new places to play or places they have not played yet. Right. Yep. Absolutely, and they got a lot of nice uh, options and venues down here. So excited! Like I said, I just got here, but I'm excited to see. I already went out and, and met some sound people and did some PR in last night. So uh, I'm already got that that ball rolling. Yeah, I saw. I don't. I didn't remember the place you showed pictures. I saw them. Where was that really cool venue? I, I can't remember the name of it, but Mars Music. Like, 
I think so. Yeah, it just it looked it looked like a trip being in there. Uh, so basically, it's it's like part of a coliseum. Uh, it's called the Von Braun Center, and it's where all the national hockey their hockey team here plays, and they do all their events like you would find in Fort Wayne at the end of the Memorial Coliseum, but. And all through one of the hallways, they've got a huge room on one side and then that great big music hall on the other side. And they bring a lot of national acts in there, but they have uh, local Fridays. So they have local bands come in and play on Fridays. That but sounds really cool. Yeah, that stage is probably 40 or 50 feet wide by 80 to 90 feet long. Wow. Yeah, it was huge. So it holds like, I think, 2,500 or 2,000 people in that room. That's really impressive. You know, I saw the picture. I think you posted last night, and it, it looks like it looks really awesome. Honestly, and I think it, it's a great spot, and especially to do local music on Fridays. Great opportunity for the bands down there. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, like you said, the, you know, those places are all over North America. You know, I've had the opportunity to work with and meet a lot of you know, bands and work with them in different venues all over the Midwest, and I'm looking forward to doing that down here in the Southern states now. Yeah, it's really awesome. Just wherever you go, that you're helping build music and make bonds with the, um, the music venues down there, just so they can put on, you know, more shows, better shows, and have you know your connections, your bands that you know play music. And I also learn a lot too. You know, every every environment's different, and how they do things in different places, you can learn from, and you know, even just difference in personalities from people, you can learn a lot from people and how they handle things or their different perspective on things. So I really, I enjoy that part of it too. And I look forward to seeing what I can learn down here. Yeah, learning is a big thing. I mean, especially, I mean, I learn every day. If you're not learning something, you know, once a day, or at least one thing that, you know, what'd you do today? Like, so that's why I'm, I'm always learning. I love learning. It's been just new, unique, and different things. Always, I always love learning it. Especially, I, I, I've told people this that uh, you can either learn how to do something from somebody, or you can learn what not to do from somebody too. Right. Yeah. Sometimes learning doesn't necessarily have to be that you're going to pick up that habit. It can also mean that you can take value in what they're doing wrong and how it affects other people, and make sure you don't make the same mistakes. Yes. That very good point. Like. If you see, you know, how not to do something, just like I know what not to do, I'm gonna do the opposite or avoid doing that in general. And you know, you learn and you build as a person. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the steps we took during the first start of this whole pandemic thing. You know, when we went and bought our temperature checkers and and went above and beyond because obviously that sense of security is one of the key points that's going to keep somebody from coming to a show. So I wanted to make sure that we took all steps and actions that we possibly could even though other people weren't or even though it wasn't required you know because i know that that sense of security is gonna could make a difference whether somebody would or wouldn't come to a show and, and that's just smart business too you know make ensuring the security and the well-being of people who go to your shows is very important and people realize that and recognize that that you took the extra steps to make sure everyone felt comfortable going to the show yeah, like I said, I, I always believe that if you if you start with the basic fundamentals and focus on them and make sure, like I said, you know, that everybody there's, you know, feeling safe and secure and having a great time and then everything build from that foundation up. Yes, I couldn't say anything better. I mean, it, it just it, it's smart business. It's it's good to have people feeling safe 
while they're at a show because I've, I've been to some shows where stuff you know stuff started being a little bit crazy and like whoa i don't know like this is not what i signed up for right so yeah that's the music business things do tend to get crazy that's part of part of how it works yeah yeah that's for sure i mean there's there's fun crazy like crowd serving i'm all for that i won't do it myself but i will help someone crowd surf so right yeah i've uh, i've seen plenty of that in my day that's for sure yeah I've, yeah i've also seen some people fall too so i don't never want i don't want to see that yeah yeah, most of, the, most of the time, all the shows that we've done, you know, security is usually pretty good. Like I said, mosh pits are usually pretty friendly. You know, people help each other up. You know, they're not really violent or anything like that. Usually fights start, but, you know, you always have the people in place and ready just in case. That's right. And, and that goes to ensuring everyone's safety at the shows and venues. Yep, absolutely. No, and I, I got something interesting for you because I know you work with a lot of bands you you and production and venues and everything. So what are some advice for like up and coming bands looking to expand their reach and their growth? Um, as far as playing new places, I would say I, the biggest obstacle I think most bands don't understand is you don't have to live in a place, play in a place to advertise and market in a place. You know, there's probably one of the one of the things I teach most of the bands that I work with is find the area that you want to go find venues that are playing shows that you play at and go to those shows go to their events or go to even their Facebook page where people have liked what they're you know posting or whatever and start messaging those people send them your stuff like hey I saw what you like you know this show or you went to this show and I think you should check out our music see what you think you know and you can build your fan base that way you can also network with the other bands in that area. That's probably another key point that you need to do, you know, is, is build relationships with bands in that area. Like, hey, you know, we would love to come play a show there. You can come play a show here. You know, you can trade shows or, you know, work something out. And uh, or, you know, any kind of promoters or venues directly. Every area is different. Some venues book directly and some go through and have just promoters come in. So, you know, it's just building those relationships. And then whether it's with a venue or a promoter or directly to your fan base, you can build a fan base of people outside of your community that, you know, you've never even played in front of before. You don't have to play a show to build a fan base. I think that's some excellent advice, especially you have to make connections. That's like the biggest thing. You know, in the music industry, like you have to, you got to know people. You got to build connections, and just get familiar with people. Especially as you said, music venues. You don't have to just because it's not in your area doesn't mean you can't play there. Right, and like I said, you have to look at your band as a business. I know a lot of people look at it as fun, but you have to have a brand. You have to have some kind of brand identity to what your band represents or you know, what it stands for, and have everybody on board with it. You know, that's. That's the key part. And then, like I said, making sure that you can utilize the tools that are available to you. You know, 90% of the time, your only limitation is your perception. Yes, I like the way you worded that. And I also, I watched the other, the first interview you ever did, and you said something I, I, I actually, I took advice from it too. It's like, you have to know every aspect of the business for that people don't take advantage of you. Yeah, absolutely. That that's one thing I learned along the way. You know, the 
the more that you depend on somebody or, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about that part. You know, I'll let so-and-so take care of it. And then you find out they're not taking care of it or they're taking advantage of you. So it's always good to have some kind of basic understanding of all aspects of the business and what happens along the way for your band so that you can kind of recognize those facts when people are taking advantage of you and when people are actually supporting you. Yeah, you got to recognize what, you know, who, you, who you're with and what their plan is and also you have to you know talk to them and actually ask questions like that's the biggest thing i've learned is like you have to ask questions especially when you deal with like you know business and with other people as i said a lot of bands don't look at it as a business you know if you hey we got to go here and play and you're going to play on this show and you know let's say there's an actual act headline and they're just all excited you know and they don't ask those questions and then they get there and they have a bad experience or they didn't get what they were told they were going to get or your set time wasn't as long as it was supposed to be you know and, and that's those are things that happens when you don't take the time to investigate who you who you're making this agreement with or what's actually going on yeah very true you have to you have to know who you're dealing with and and actually talk to them and so then as you said you have to know People see it as fun, and people see it as a good time with music. And I think a lot of people see it that you know, a lot of people see it as that. But you also have to know that it is a business being in a band too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you really wanted your band to to turn into a national actor or turn into a touring actor, you know, something like that, you definitely have to treat it as as a business. Yes, I mean, because it is. I mean, music is fun, but it's still a business at the same time. There's people out there to make money. I mean, you have good times along the way, which is awesome. I always have a good time at a concert, but at the end, of the, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's still, it's still business. That's what makes all the work worth it, though. I mean, and that's what makes all learning all those parts of the business worth it is, you know, the fun that you can still have and the creativity of the music that you can do. Yes, I mean, that's a great way to to put it. Because I mean, music, I think it, it builds relationships. It makes uh friends through music i mean it's, it's a very powerful tool yeah it's therapy for the soul yes yes it is and now since we're talking about music i got an interesting thing for you what music have you been listening to this week alan this week yeah. uh on my blue flare i've been listening to uh probably a lot of shine down I'm, I'm a big fan of theirs um, of course, I on my YouTube and my Spotify, I've, you know, definitely got the lonely ones on there. Shallow side. I mean, I spend a lot of time re-listening to stuff, shooting it to other people, you know, and showing music to people that they haven't seen. So, uh, as far as listening to just new music or like, I get flooded with it so much, but it's kind of like, it's overwhelming. So there's a lot of times that I'll drive in the car for two or three hours and not even have the radio on. Wow, yeah. I, I kind of feel it about having, like, being exposed to new music. Like, I got people, you know, sending me music in, like, hey, listen to this, or hey, can you play this and stuff. And I always like listening to new music, but sometimes you got to take a break from it. And you're like, you know, this week I've been listening to Kid Rock. I put on the history of rock, and I was just jamming out, man. Yeah, yeah, like I said, there's a... Like Buck Cherry 15 album, uh, that's probably one of my favorite albums. Uh, they really, they're not a one-hit wonder, but uh, I don't know what happened after that album, you know. But I really love that album. That was one of the very few albums front to back I can listen to. That's on my on my player. 
Uh, a lot of three days grace. A lot of three days grace. And I know, you know, it's sad that Adam actually quit the band uh, probably a week or two before we were getting ready to see him in Fort Wayne. So I was really disappointed when that happened. I was really hoping that he could find a way to creatively express himself in another form, maybe in another band and still continue on doing that. But, you know, there's, I think it was more of a business and less creativity than he really got to the point where he didn't enjoy it no more, in my honest opinion. But I love, I love the voice. I love the shows. I loved all the, I mean, they pyrotechnics, they would he'd drop off the stage and pop up in the middle of the arena. I mean, they did a lot of really, really cool things. That was very interactive. Made people feel like you're a part of the show. So I've been I'm listening to a lot of them. Uh, yeah, it was kind of surprising when I when I heard about that. Like that dude, like just it kind of just quit to me. I don't know. To me, it kind of came out of the blue. Like it was just kind of you know unexpected. Yeah, I think it did to everybody. And just to show you how much of a business it is that they you know turn around and pulled uh, Matt in off of My Darkest Days, and they still played that show two weeks later, and he hit every song. Yeah, that's definitely it's the business aspect. Like the show is going to happen. You know, it's booked. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and they they don't want to disappoint their fans either. So, and like I said, they they switched spots in the lineup. You know, didn't didn't headline that when they let Shine Down headline, but you know they they pulled it off, and then it you know they sounded great. It really did. It wasn't much different. I mean, you could tell the energy just wasn't quite the same. But that was only their first show two weeks into the new singer, so. Yeah, it's stuff's gonna. It's gonna. It's an odd. You know, it's gonna be odd. Just you know, because they have to feel each other out. I know they're they're a really tight band. So like, I mean, the music's gonna be there, but it's just odd feeling out process when that happens. Yeah, yeah. I like. Uh, I mean, I like rock and roll, uh, and this might surprise people, but I like all genres of music. I'm a really big blues fan. I really love my second passion after rock and roll is EDM or techno music. I actually big fan of like house music. So you can dance to, and uh, I, I'm okay with some country. Uh, I've been to quite a few country concerts. Kenny Chesney is pretty good. I really like him, but yeah, I, I really do like and appreciate all genres and styles of music. I, I think you, there's elements you can pick from every genre of music, even if you like. I don't really like you know EDM or metal or country or whatever. You can still pick up like, oh, I like that song, or I like how they did that part, or I like how he sung that song. Like, you can pick up certain certain genres, like certain songs in those genres. I, I think a lot of it is is you can see the difference in in structure. You can learn more patterns. Um, that's why I tell a lot of the bands I work with is honestly, I believe there's about five different formats for a national song. You know, and you can you can still be unique and special within those formats, but. If you want it to be played on the radio, there's only so many options. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like, I mean, that's what the the radio gravitate towards is kind of certain structures. I mean, you can still be unique and have your own style, but you kind of you still have to follow and fall into those certain kind of structures, as you and said. That's why, you know, people hate Five Finger Death Punch because they know that and they've taken that structure and repeated it and repeated it and repeated it, but you know. You can be as mad as you want about it and be a millionaire, or you can fight it all day and and still be struggling. So, I mean, the way you put it, I mean, that's true. I mean, hundred percent true. I mean, 
I bet they have way more money than I have. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can repeat that all you want. If you're selling tickets nonstop and people are loving your shows, you're always going to have somebody that's not going to like what you're doing. That's just how it is. But like I said, that comes with building your brand identity and, you know, making sure that everybody in the band's happy with that identity and, and your goals and where you're heading, you know, because you, you don't want people to get unsatisfied halfway through and walk out and start over. And, you know, sometimes bringing in new members is hard, you know, trying to get them on board or trying to find people that has all the right qualifications for what you need. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to some bands where they don't necessarily have a goal in mind. I mean, I think, I feel like you have to be, you have to set some goals of like, Oh, we want to do this. We want to do this. Like, you have to have some idea of where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. If not, you know, be looking at squirrels in the trees all day you know i mean there's just you have to and, and i think part of that is learning more about the industry and what re realistic goals are and how to reach them you know or what what are the important key points of a band you know like obviously your stage presence making sure everybody's got some kind of a look to them you know i don't know how many times i've seen bands show up after work you know and all of them are dressed different you know nobody's got any kind of a uniform kind of a look going you know, or they don't have merch. If they do have merch, they don't have anybody running their booth, you know, or they don't learn how to set up and tear down quickly or and get straight back to the merch, you know, knowing when to utilize the times when you can sell them, when you don't, you know, knowing the etiquette of you don't usually sell your merch or do anything while national acts are playing. You know, I think there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, without those goals, you know, you, you, you might not get booked and you don't know why. And it feels personable to you when it's not really it's just the fact that you don't understand the business and you're not making those goals to do what you need to do so that you can be in those environments yes and everything said very true about it's just how you conduct yourselves really and how you, it's how you look how you conduct yourself and have an idea about you know where the merch is and who's going to run it because i do see like there's like empty merch there like some of the shows i've been to not not a lot there's usually someone there but some of them are like oh there's no one here like my, my biggest pet peeve is bands that take too long to get on and off stage you know like when you're, you're done playing you don't pack anything up you literally hand it off you get it all off stage as fast as you can and then you pack up then you do what you need to do that shows respect to the other bands that shows respect to the venue and the time schedule shows respect to the sound person and it shows that your band is professional quality. Like that's one of the major key things that an up and coming band can do is take those times. And, you know, a lot of bands love to practice, but you need to sit there and do drills on setting up and tearing down. That's a very, that's an aspect of the show. I think a lot of people overlook is, and as you said, drills of taking your stuff off the stage. I think it, it's, it is very important and it shows respect to everyone there, not just the, bands playing but also the people watching the concert if it takes you too long then people might get bored yeah a lot of people leave when setups and changeovers take too long so now you're you know not only disrespecting people but you're also costing you know venue money or the promoter money or or you're also losing sales the longer you take the tear down and get off stage and get back to your your merch the you know the less you're going to sell yeah, and I mean it's all money. It's, it's it is all money. If you, you take too long, you're not making money. The venue might be losing money, and it just everyone's not happy. Yeah. So, yeah. But without them goals, you know, like I said, you know, if you don't have goals and you're just showing up to play and you're not paying attention to any of those things, it can definitely hinder the progress and the ability of your band, even if you have great music. 
Yes, I mean, music, it is a vehicle to help you do things, but it's also, you have to have goals in mind of where you want to take it. Yeah, you still gotta, you still gotta put gas in that vehicle. You know, you still have to put all the parts together in that vehicle that's gonna make it move to the next location. Yes, yes, spitting <laughs> truth there. Now you're spitting truth, man. <laughs> well, like I said, I've always been extremely transparent. You know, I've always tried to, to really offer something that the industry as in a whole doesn't necessarily offer all the time you know i, I have as several times referred to it as a mafia-based industry it's a lot about seniority and it's a lot about uh, respect you know respecting your elders respecting people that have walked the path before you you know but a lot of people aren't always transparent a lot of people aren't always honest you know a lot of things aren't always what you've seen uh, that's why I see a lot of contracts. I used to do a lot of contracts for the bands we worked with, help make contracts, you know, make sure, uh, just like the Rags and Riches show, you know, I, I put all the contracts together for that. That way, and venues, their promoters know what they're getting. The bands know what they're getting. There's no discrepancies at the end of the night. And there's just overall a better experience and less unhappiness. But unfortunately, as a local band, most, most agents or nobody, venues or anything, are going to mess with contracts. Yeah, I mean, I do think that sounds like a much more cleaner experience for everybody. It's like, here's a contract. This is what this is expected of everybody, and this is what you're going to get at the end of the night. I mean, then there's no surprises. Yeah, because, you know, there's, oh, well, our manager told us we were getting this, or I thought you said we were going to get some food and we didn't get food. You know, when it's all on paper, even if it's not overly complicated, even if it's just a general contract, I said it provides a better overall experience. Unfortunately, a lot of people like to put clauses in there and make them complicated. Or, like I said, I've seen a local band with an eight-page contract. Wow, you know, and all kinds of stipulations in there, and this and that, and legal technology. As as soon as anybody sees that from a local band, they typically step away. You know, so if you are going to contract, keep it clean and simple. Keep it, you know, everyday language. You know, like this is what we expect. This is what we're told we're going to get paid. You know, this is, you know, what we're going to perform for, how long, we set times, all that. So, you know, like I said, there are people out there that will do it, you know, but that's more usually on a national or regional level. Once you start moving up, those are things that, you know, it's not, doesn't hurt to practice with anyway. But if you do make contracts, make them very general, sweet, one page, you know, you're, you're a local band. You just want to make sure that you're going to get what's promised to you and the venue is going to get what they're expecting. Yeah, I mean, that's the point of the contract is, you know, the venue gets what they expect, you get what you expect, everybody's happy. And it's documented so that there's no discrepancies in what you thought it was. Yes. And as I said, it, it seems like it's a cleaner experience for everybody. Because, like, you know, the band could say, oh, we were supposed to make this much, but the venue's like, no, you're only going to get this much. I mean, there could be a lot of discrepancies. And also when people read it, it I think it makes them understand more of like what the situation is and what you what is expected. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then, I mean, you know how the, you know, the word of mouth chain thing works, you know, even, even in the same band, the guy who gets the information by the time it gets to the other four or three band members could be totally perceived differently. So it definitely helps clear it up in that aspect as well. Yeah. And again, I think it makes everybody involved a lot. It puts them at ease a little bit of like, this is what's expected. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I said, there it's a good thing to start practicing, even in a local band. Like I said, even if you know not every situation or you know every 
promoter or every venue is going to sign that contractor is willing to. But you still get practice for when you start being ready for it. You'll understand how they work a little bit more. And yeah, and as you said, for that, as you said earlier in this interview, uh, the people don't get don't take advantage of you for not knowing what's going, not completely knowing what's going on. That's just, I mean, that's just something that that comes as the next steps come. So, you know, a lot of bands want to get to that level. Level. Um, I can tell you right now, if you've got 50,000 followers or up, you, you should probably be expecting to have them sign a contract. So, you know, I know a lot of the bands we work with aren't there yet, but, you know, there are a lot of bands that we work with that have had those bad experiences, and that's why they make those contracts. So, you know, they, you, the last thing you want to do is drive four or five or six hours somewhere and not get paid. Yes, and that, yes, and that's why, I mean, contracts are important if you're in situations like that where you have to drive you know either cross state lines multiple states to get to a show yeah absolutely uh, i got an interesting question because i know you because you asked me about because i had to change it because of you know promoting shows and the concerts you set up so i've kind of changed it now so what are some of your favorite shows that you've either set up or have been involved in Yeah, that one's like I said. They even I, I love them all. Honestly, that's the hard part, and I think that's why. But I really can't remember the first show I ever done. That was what I was going to ask you. So. Yeah, I know you were, and like I said, that was that was over five years, and like I said, probably two hundred and fifty shows ago. So I really can't even remember. I still struggle remembering how it all turned into what it did because I've always just kind of adapted and changed and it starts out as one idea and then, Hey, this opportunity come up and then, Hey, this opportunity come up and I just kind of followed it and went with it and, and let it take me wherever I could. And until I learned as much as I could learn and then picked my spot out of all of it. But, um, you know, a lot of the shows that we did at Pierre's were some of my best times. I really enjoyed those shows. Uh, so working with nationals and first year of rock on the river for the following music festival was probably one of my fun funnest shows i was involved in uh we had i i booked that entire lineup for that show top to bottom and uh got to uh, put up the meet and greet booth i got all the bands to agree to meet all the fans for free and some autographs and do everything and put them in a limo and took them to Pierre's for, for an after party and shallow side played for hour and 45 minutes. I only played three original songs. I mean, they played Eminem, they played Michael Jackson, they played everything. Wow. So, and that was Pierre's before it even opened. So we had the after party out there. Um, Loud in the life in 2019 was amazing. Uh, one of my good friends, Dennis asked me to go down and, and help him take some gear down there uh, through diamond guitars. So it was some some equipment that was used at uh, opening football game kickoff by Godsmack that had to be autographed. And uh, yeah, we were right there by the meet and greet booth for the whole day, got to see Ice Cube. And it was, it was a great show, it was a lot of fun. Um, always still, I'll, I'll still be a ranger for life. I love rock on the range, even though it's now called Sonic Temple. Uh, like I said, my guy Scott and man tickets over there. It's still probably one of my favorite experiences. Made a lot of friends over there. Uh, like I said, to all the bands, like anytime a band has a great experience or all the fans have a great experience, which seems to be just about every single show, 
So that's what makes them my favorite. It's not necessarily that the show was great. It's just the environment was great. The people had a good time. You know, the bands had a great experience. You know, or you made new friends or you made new memories or, you know, you made long lasting friendships. So, like, honestly, every show and every single band I've ever worked with has been my favorite. And that's how it should be. You, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be bad experiences working with bands or setting up shows. It should all be, this is for fun, the love of music, and let's make some new fans and let's rock the house. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, a lot of, a lot of bands walk out of there just like that, you know what I mean? And there's some bands that, you know, well, we thought we were going to get more or they're not happy with the situation and then they they disrespect you and they talk bad about you and try to ruin your name in the scene. And we've had some of that, you know, I, I try my best to ignore things and not stir the pot or, you know, let the facts out on their own. But I've never intentionally misled anybody or talked bad about anybody or, you know, done anything that would warrant anything like that. You know, like I said, so most of our shows have been pretty good, you know, and having the ability to influence other promoters like in our area that I see pop up like Chad Sowers from Missing Parts Production and uh, you know, Wheeler from Quiet Giant, you know, and I've worked with Holland up there quite a bit. And, you know, like I said, I worked with some in Ohio and I, I got some stuff going down in Kentucky now. So, but it, it's just, that's always been that way. And I think that probably stems from the foundation of making sure that everybody's happy and trying to do the best I can to make sure that happens. And yeah, yeah. Juice, you know, it just kind of, everything usually goes pretty well. Yeah. At the end of the day, you can, you can only do the best you can to make sure everyone has a good time. That, I mean, that, that's the goal and that's what all you can do. And there's always something that happens that you don't plan on. And that's just how it is. You know, there's always one element that, you know, didn't see coming or you can't plan for. Or there's no way you can plan for it. So, you know, how to handle it in a professional manner and minimize the impact that it makes on others is, you know, about the best you can do. There's a lot of stories, and a lot of things that a lot of people don't know, you know, and there's there's reasons for that. You know, they don't always have to see the negative things that happen and I will make sure that, you know, if I can keep it from impacting them, even if it's something that happens at a show that's not necessarily positive, they don't, they don't know the difference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, cutting down the impact of something, especially, you know, negative that affects other people. I mean, that, that's all you can really do. And especially dealing with situations where you unexpected or, or like then didn't exactly plan for, that's all you can. That's all you can do. That's life. I mean, that's that's life. That's yeah. not just setting up concerts. That's life itself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but and those those things make a difference. You know, and the more, like I said, I, I try to be not only a you know a better promoter or a better businessman every day. I I really do every day try to be a better person. I try to learn something, change a habit, trying to make sure that I'm not. I don't, want, I don't want to be stereotypical like, you know, my, my parents were that other generation where, you know, they were all real passionate and hardcore about what they believed in and had no other perception of anybody else's reality than their own. So I always try to do things the best I can and learn how to do it better every day. Yeah, exactly. And Alan, thank you so much for hanging out with me. 
really fun time chatting with you about all things music, concerts, the music industry, local music, everything. I really appreciate it. You know, thank you so much for everything you do, especially for supporting what I do. I really appreciate it. But just before we go, what's kind of your future plans for this year, 2021? Well, like I said before, I just moved down here to Alabama, so I'm looking forward to making some new connections and getting some things going down here. Um, I do have currently in the works, so they have a, a battle of bands out of Lebanon, Kentucky coming up. Uh, the woman actually reached back out to me. Uh, the, the bands I put on that were such high quality bands that they decided to reach back to me and, and have me kind of organize and fill in. And so they got eight bands that are going to battle for it's five thousand dollars for first place, twenty five hundred for second, fifteen for third. I think a thousand dollars for fourth and an extra five hundred dollar bonus to the band that brings the most people. Those are some high incentives to be the best band. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, they're really extremely happy with the quality of bands that I submitted before. And so I'm going to you know, kind of take that and ramp it up a little bit. And I'm opening it up to anybody who wants to come and, and just keep building, you know, those entries up and see if we can get down to the best eight and put them on. So they're going to have two stages there. You know, they'll alternate back and forth all in one day. And you'll winner will be picked by the end of the day by a panel of judges. That sounds really awesome, dude. Like, straight up, sounds like a really good time. Yeah, so I'm actually trying to I'm trying to help find some of the panel of judges too. Uh, you know, there's uh, we want to sure they have credible music industry credentials. I I feel it'd be really important to at least try to have because um, they're doing different genres too. So it doesn't have to be just be rock and roll. You know, it could be kind of like pop music or it could be um, like southern rock is pretty popular down in the Kentucky area. So you know, that's a that's another genre. But having a judge that kind of represents different genres. And also maybe like a booking agent status or somebody that can not only can win, not only are they well knowledge, but you may possibly get a lot more bookings out of it. Yeah, I mean having people who know what they're doing, know what they're looking for, it just adds legitimacy to what you're doing. Yeah, and they're pulling on some some sponsors, you know, some big name sponsors, but uh, it's a Miami County Fairgrounds down in Lebanon We've got a really extensive extensive budget um they've done like a battle of the bands there for their uh, ham festival i think for 51 years so they they're not really even concerned about making a profit they just really after the 2020 year and everything that happened they want to make sure that they can reestablish their legitimacy and having music there and, and a demand for people to want to come so they're willing to fork out the budget and make it happen. And they've already set those terms. So it doesn't matter ticket sales. It doesn't matter if how many band entries or, or anything like that. So those, those payouts are guaranteed. And that sounds really cool. And I, I if bands want to be part of that. I mean, that it, look, it just sounds so cool. Like just for me, just hearing about this. Cause I mean, battle of the bands is all like, I, I never really been to a true battle of bands, but I know I would do like a battle of bands when I had my show and like, you know, for first place to, I mean, to get airtime on my show. And I always thought that was a really neat and cool concept. Yeah. I mean, there's, it depends on how it's done. There's been a lot of bad experiences doing it. You know, sometimes it makes bands compete against each other or, you know, not like a band because they beat you out or, you know, it can create animosity sometimes. But like I said, is 
I, I think in, in general, the scene's getting a lot more professional now and they understand that, you know, it's not necessarily that a band's got more quality or something better. You know, everybody's just got their own market and everybody's got their own opinion. So like I said, I think that comes down to the judges and trying to be able to make sure that we can get a, a good variety of perception on the panel. So yeah, actively, actively trying to be involved with that as I possibly can. Obviously the, the fairgrounds down there, they have their own board. You know, the leader, the, one of the leaders of the board actually reached back out to me. And like I said, she asked me to help uh, get entry submissions through the quality bands. So they're kind of funnel through me. And, you know, like I said, I got a, there's some bands up there from your area. You know, I got I've got them from Indiana and Ohio. And uh, I think we got a couple out in Pennsylvania. I've, I've got all kinds of people interested. So they're still working on those details. Uh, should be finalizing out in the next 10 days. So, but it's going to be on June 5th, uh, 2020 in Lebanon, Kentucky at the Miami County Fairgrounds. Awesome. Yeah, make sure to check that out because it sounds like a really cool, I, I'm curious to see what, what bands that are going to be in it involved. So, thank you well, so much. We got a lot of bands that are, you know, moving up into the touring scene that are applying for it. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to have some high quality bands. And then that's one the good thing is about that kind of a payout. You're going to pull in some, some top notch quality bands and it's going to be a really good competition. And I can't wait to see how it turns out. I am too, especially $5,000 that that doesn't sound like a lot, but to like a band, like, you know, about to make it to like a re, you know either touring or they have big plans in store it is a lot of money yeah a five grand first place prize is actually triple what the last battle of the bands that they did for the ham days festival was so i think it was a thousand dollars but they yeah they've actually added some really good incentives you know it's a really great opportunity like i said you're talking ten thousand five hundred dollar payout total that they're doing between all the all the different tiers of the band bands including the you know the band that brings the most people so but if you go over the mid-american entertainment page like i said we'll have more uh, more information on that coming up hopefully here in the next seven to ten days and uh you just follow us on facebook and like i said when we put that link up we'll make sure to send you guys in the right direction to be considered uh, to battle for it yes make sure to check out mid-american entertainment they are on facebook instagram i think you have a tiktok too i think i'm pretty sure you're on there too tiktok youtube yep we we got pretty much all platforms covered. So anywhere that you can type us in, you should be able to find us. Yeah, make sure to check out Mid American Entertainment. Uh, you know, as I said, they got a really cool battle of the bands going on, and they just really they help build relationships not only with bands, but also venues, concerts, everything, and also helping up and coming bands as well. So make sure to check out Mid American Entertainment. Yeah, we'd be be absolutely glad to you know, answer any questions you might have in Messenger or any kind of guidance that we can give you feel free and like i said if we have any bookings available even though we don't book or you know or live in certain areas anymore we still have bookings all over so yes that that's a very big thing a lot of connections a lot of relationships so even if you're even though he's in another state he can still help you out maybe yep yep networking never stops that's right so Alan, thank you so much for being on super cool radio had a really fun time actually getting down. I know this is digitally, but really great time sitting down and chatting with you. I really appreciate you asking me to do it, man. And like I said, I really uh, commend you on all the progress that you've made and how you've you know constantly grown yourself and stepped up. And now you're all the way up to interviewing on you know live chat. So congratulations and thank you again for having me.
Thank you so much. For Alan Helms, the CEO and owner of Mid-American Entertainment, I am Matthew Thomas from Super Cool Radio. Thank you for watching.